Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You can always find us at chrisannhall.com k-r-i-s-a-n-n-e-h-a-l-l.com where we are liberty over security principle over party and truth over your favorite personality you can always watch the show on youtube as well so if you uh want to see what we're doing right now and i might literally see because i got something in my eye jc and it's really starting to bug me your finger i know well my finger is now in my eye but there's something in my eye anyway <laughs> i should be a doctor how quick i diagnose that oh my goodness well in new york you may just be qualified mm, these days come on <laughs> So welcome to the show. I want to talk to you. Uh, we want to talk to you today about some very important things happening. Your right to keep and bear arms. And uh, what's happening or what has happened in the state of Washington and how some very important people are reacting. And so uh, this is in regard to Ballot Initiative 1639. And what, what it is is it's an initiative put on the ballot by a group so that the people will vote this into law. And Where did you say this was? Washington State? Washington State. Gotcha. We have done so much teaching in Washington State. We And, and not just simply, you know, the choir and the tea parties we have taught schools we have taught law enforcement i've probably taught more law enforcement in the state of washington than i have any other state i I think so because i've been there several times and i've spoken to several different uh uh counties and cities in washington not only that when i'm in there teaching like when I was teaching near Franklin County, uh, we had law enforcement coming in from other jurisdictions sitting under this training. And so uh, what ballot, What initiative 1639, and it actually passed. 60% of the people passed this into law. And uh, what it did was literally infringe the right of the people to keep and bear arms under the the excuse of reducing violent crime and i actually i'm gonna pull this up right up here so i actually where is it oh there it is um i actually read the entire initiative and what what do we it it should have a dead person's name on it you know what i mean jc jc knows what i mean when i say that because the entire first three paragraphs of this bill to become law 
is nothing but emotion. Not reason, not law, not this is what, why we need to do this, but it is strictly emotion. And the Manipulation. purpose. Manipulation. Right, exactly, JC. Manipulations. And uh, so this, we actually talked about this on the show, but I don't know if we, we actually uh, realized what we were talking about. This is the piece of legislation that creates this bizarre definition of the semi-automatic rifle. And it says that a semi-automatic rifle, also known as an SAR, is any rifle which utilizes a portion of the energy of a firing cartridge to extract the fired cartridge case and chamber the next round, and which requires a separate pull of the trigger for to fire each cartridge. So that's the definition of a semi-automatic rifle. But then it excludes any firearm that is manually operated by bolt, pump, lever, or slide action. And what it means is, is that that ordinary... Sort of targeting AR. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But ordinary hunting guns, right? Ordinary competitive, competitive shooting rifles and target shooting guns now become this, uh, you know, air quote, assault rifle. So this is a completely... Oh, I thought I said excluding those. No, no, no. Um, it, no, not all of them, right? So if you if you have to manually do something, right, but not all, uh, not all guns that are used for shooting and competitive shooting and hunting, you have to manually do, right? So um, anyway, it also uh, imposes an age-based ban... Uh, anyone under the 21 years of age, it prohibits them to transfer, uh, it, it prohibits transfers and sales of legal semi-automatic assault rifles uh, by anyone under the under 21 years of age. Hold it, on, was that, okay, semi, uh, the definition said semi-automatic. Assault rifle. Uh, assault. Okay, so yeah. they added this thing, assault. They added the assault in there, right? So They didn't define assault. No, because that's anyway. automatic with a rifle. Gotcha. It's automatically scary. It's salts, right? So anyway, uh, it bans the possession of a semi-automatic rifle by anyone less than 21 years of age unless one of the very few exceptions applies, one of them is they have to be inside their own home. So once they step outside their own home, that it's over, right? And so, uh, and the restriction on the legal possession of anyone under the age of 21 applies even if the gun was acquired and possessed legally before the effective date of uh, Initiative 1639. Oh wow! So that's that's a gun confiscation yes. clause. Well, it's a it's it's a a, a a post facto law. Yeah. You are now if you did something legal, you are now committing a crime. Right. You are now committing a crime. But now, if you're if you're 21 and you have now you have a semi-automatic rifle, mm-hmm. then I mean technically that would put. That would mean it has to be taken from you. 
Yes. Right? So yes. So gun confiscation. Absolutely. Um, it drives up the cost of gun, uh, the purchasings of guns. I read through this 1639. The, the things that the people have to do, JC, to get a firearm are absolutely ridiculous. Compliance seems nearly, nearly impossible at this point. And, so, so, and the tri- so it tries to, so it not only affects the guns you possess, uh, you know, and the type of guns and all that, but it's trying to impair your ability to to have them, to acquire them. To right? even to acquire them, right. Remember. So make the process more onerous, more expensive, mm-hmm. more complicated, put it out of reach of some people. Right, right. Remember George Mason when the debate over the ratification of the Second Amendment and the language of the Second Amendment was happening, George Mason refers the delegates to a piece of their history. And he says, 40 years ago, which would have been the mid-1740s, he said, when the plan to enslave America was put into place, the governor of Pennsylvania, who was an artful man, advised the parliament to disarm the people, that it was the best and most effectual way to enslave them. But he said, do not do it openly, weaken them and let them sink gradually. That's exactly what 1639 does. Let's them sink gradually. You know, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to skip over this. This understanding that we have people who are now 20, uh, uh, 19, 20 years old, who are having their rights violated. This is not just simply violation of their right to keep and bear arms. This is confiscation of their property. Right. So I want to be very clear here. When you turn 18 years old, by the law, across the United States, you are legally an adult. Means you can engage in, in legal contract without the, the permission and express writing of your parents. You can buy a car. You can buy a house. You can get married. You know, I mean, marriage changes from state to state. But at 18 years old, in every single state in the union, you can get married without your parents. You can be uh, joining in the military. Right. You can go and fight and and possess a firearm overseas. But when you come home, J.C., you cannot even possess a gun. You can't protect your home. You can't protect your family unless you're in your home. Right. And because here's the thing is, if if you have one of these guns that that isn't on the accepted list, it makes it illegal to even possess it. This is, and never this is gun confiscation for the young pe- for for our people under the age of twenty one. And this is what this is the same thing Florida did. I mean, this kind of mirrors the yes, Florida part absolutely. of that, absolutely, which is being challenged now. Uh huh. Um, so interesting to see how that plays out because, I, and I don't know what grounds they're challenging on, but the first thing that pops into my mind, you know, you said. You're 18, you're an adult, is the, what do you call that, equal application of the law or whatever? Uh, Equal protection under the law. Yeah. So how do you, what's, it it doesn't seem like this is a, this would be a, uh, this would be constitutional in the sense, what basis do you have to discriminate against someone that's 21 versus someone, you know, that's over 21 who. Right. 
so I don't know. You're, you're criminalizing age. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And it is it is a violation of equal protection under the law. And I believe that's an aspect that needs to come forward through the law. Um, it this law in it makes it nearly impossible to legally comply in your home with the storage of firearms. And I want to read this little paragraph before we go into the break, just to, to exemplify the emotion in this case. In, in this subsection, it says, CAUTION, in capitalized letters, the presence of a firearm in the home has been associated with an increased risk of death, of death to self and others, including a risk of suicide, and it goes on to say other things. We'll read the whole thing when we come back from the break, but this is just ridiculous. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. Uh, JC, I, you're going to have to cover for me, man, because I totally lost <laughs> track of what I was doing during the break. <laughs> I was not set up to go. So anyway, before the break, I talked about this provision within um, the 1639 and this, uh, the emotion and the manipulation of this particular act that it was Colton, by the way. Colton came on camera? Yeah. Oh, he didn't know it. He didn't know it. Colton's on camera. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Colton. Hey, so you can go, I'll go to YouTube, watch Colton be on inadvertently, unknowingly on camera. So this is what this says. This is, uh, it says, caution in all capital letters, JC. It says, the presence of a firearm in the home has been associated with an increased risk of death to self and others including an increased risk of suicide, death during domestic violence incidents, and unintentional deaths to children and others. Did you know the mere presence of a gun in someone's home increases the odds of death? I actually have a more shocking statistic. Do you really? Yeah. So give it to us. In Shock almost, us. In in. In as far as we know, in almost every one of those instances, mm -hmm. there's a sink in the home. Oh my goodness! The presence of sinks in the home increases your chance of death. Yeah. Kitchen knives. Ha I bet there's a kitchen was, did knife. It say, how did it say? Have been. Have uh, been. Have been associated. With an increased risk of death. Yeah, that's statistical. Not not speak. not not death by firearms. Right. Right. Not death by uh, a bullet wound, yeah. but death. Yeah. We we just we just associated sinks with that. 
Yeah. Right. Right. We didn't say the right. sink has anything to do with it. No. Right. Right. Exactly. But we associated sinks with. See it. how this stuff is just—it is just wicked, wicked manipulations, and it really, really, really upsets me. And apparently, it's upset a lot of people's. Oh, this is this is the very first section, section one. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, this is not the the emotional justification for voting. This is actually the section in. 1639. Gun violence is far too common in Washington and the United States. In particular, shootings involving the use of semi-automatic assault rifles have resulted in hundreds of lives lost, devastating injury, and lasting psychological impact uh, impacts on survivors, their families, and communities. Semi-automatic rifles are specifically designed to kill quickly and efficiently and have been used in some of the country's deadliest mass shootings, including in Newton, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Nevada, Parkland, and Orlando, Florida, among others. Uh, and it just, it's, it's just simply, uh, like I said, it's just an emotional manipulation. These are the kind of things that ought not be written in law. Listen to what this says. This is the text of the law. Remember, this is not, hey, we're this group. We want you to pass this. We want you to vote to pass this law. And this is why we want you to. This is actually text in the law. Enough is enough. Period. What kind of legal language is that? What kind of statutory language is that? Enough is enough. Right. And uh, apparently, enough is enough. In the state of Washington, because even though 60 percent of the population voted this law into effect, the governor in is issued her little mandate to enforce this right issued the decree to make this happen. We have real defenders of liberty standing up and saying, no, we're not going to do this. And I'm really excited uh, personally that one of those people is uh, is is Sheriff Raymond in Franklin in Franklin County, Te uh, Texas. I'm saying we're in Washington. In Franklin County, Washington is J.D. Raymond. Uh, I have his picture up here on YouTube. Uh, we know Sheriff Raymond. We've taught Sheriff Raymond. Right. And I'm not taking credit for his decisions no. because because the fact that he actually, uh, you know, recognized that his people needed this training is not a reflection on me. It's definitely a reflection on him. And when we come back after the break, I want everybody to hear the letter that Sheriff Raymond issued to all of his deputies. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction we cry around. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our segment on the right to keep and bear arms. But this is not just simply the right to keep and bear arms. This is your right to be secure in your property against unreasonable searches and seizures. This is a right to be secure in your property from unlawful government takings. This is a right to be secure in your property uh, from the government taking it uh, without due process. And that's something, JC, we really, really need to sink in in the American psyche, that it's not just about guns and it's not just about the Second Amendment. These are rights that are inalienable. These are essential rights to the preservation of liberty. And Sheriff Raymond, uh, he, he knows this and he believes this. So Sheriff Raymond issued a memorandum uh, on his letterhead. We have it here on the YouTube channel. Uh, on November 12, 2018, to all his law enforcement personnel. And it's about Initiative 1639, Gun Ownership and Purchase Measures. He says, The passage of Initiative 1639 has created quite a stir across the state and, of course, calls into question when law enforcement will begin taking enforcement actions. He says, I felt it important that you all know where our Franklin County Sheriff stance is on this topic. Please see and read the below references. I love this, right? Because this is straight out of the way that we teach at Liberty First University. If I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the source of information, right? He's not yeah. saying this is my opinion. He's not saying I'm working, flying off the handle, off emotion or whatever. He says, I'm going to give you my source of, auth of, of authority on what makes my decision. And this is amazing. He quotes the oath of office to the sheriff. He quotes the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. He quotes the Washington State Constitution. Why would he quote those two things? Because in the oath of office for a sheriff and his deputies, all of his staff members that are sworn in, says, I do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States, that I will support the Constitution and enforce the laws of the state of Washington and the ordinances of Franklin County. Right? And the Washington State Constitution says, Section 24, on the right to keep and bear arms, the right of the individual citizen to bear arms in defense of himself or the state shall not be impaired. And then he says, your enforcement, now this is a letter to his staff, right? Your enforcement powers and authority is passed on to you through the office of the sheriff. This is your source of authority, right? So I took this oath, you take this oath, and your authority comes from me. So I can tell you what you can and cannot do. And he says, um, he says, you're, uh, oh, where am I? He says, a few key phrases stand out to me as the sheriff of Franklin County. I will support the Constitution of the United States of America. I will support the Constitution of the state of Washington. The rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon, and the rights of individual citizen to bear arms in defense of himself or the state shall not be impaired. And he has a therefore clause. I love these kind of therefore clauses, right? He says, therefore, you are directed not to take any enforcement actions as it pertains 
to Initiative 1639. If you come across such matters in your duties as a Franklin County Sheriff's Deputy, you will simply document and take capital letters N-O. Take no enforcement actions. That's what a constitutional sheriff sounds like. That is what a constitutional sheriff sounds like. That's that's what a man supporting his oath sounds like, a man with integrity, a man with courage. That's and what it sounds like. A keeper of his oath, but then taking seriously his duty to the people. Right. This is his duty to the people. And I'm I'm very very I'm very proud to to know Sheriff Raymond at this point and the fact that this is happening in the state of washington where most people would think that all is lost right then uh, most people have written off the west coast but we have told them jc we've been there and the patriots in the west coast who are probably maybe it's because they're the most oppressed they're the most uh uh uncom- the mo- being made the most uncomfortable with their rights they're the ones that realize that we have to do something we have to do something well sheriff raymond is not alone jc we also have uh we have uh police chief culp and uh, Police Chief Culp is, a, he is going to, uh, actually, he actually uh, sent off an initiative and made a public statement that he would not be uh, enforcing this law either. I have this on uh, YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it says... Uh, I've talked, this is a statement that he issued. This is uh, Sheriff Culp of the City of Republic, okay? And he says, I've talked with quite a few concerned citizens today, so let let me clear something up. I've taken three public oaths, one in the U.S. Army and two as a police officer. All of them include upholding and defending the Constitution of the United States of America. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed as long as I am chief of police. No Republic officer will infringe on a citizen's right to keep and bear arms. Period. Capital letters. Period. Exclamation point. Signed. Chief Culp. Where is this? This is in Republic, the city of Republic in Washington. Oh, I see. I, I think we've met him as well. He are looks you, very familiar to me as are well. Are you gonna uh are you gonna post this on the website so people have access to these? I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I should I, make an article about these. Yeah, and, and have maybe links to the actual statement, like his memorandum, whatever mm-hmm. is out there. Uh, the the sheriffs. Uh, the, I think this would be something nice to send to any sheriff in right. your, in your county to say, hey, you know. FYI, because what is your stance and and when are you going to start doing this, too? Yeah. What an interesting thing. I was just telling somebody in um, Cape Coral about our experience in the Florida legislature. And you would go to legislators and say, hey, this is what we'd like you to do. And here's here's the stance, whatever. And and they would always ask almost almost every one of them. Uh, well, what have other states done? And in particular, what have other legislators or legislatures done? Have they done mm-hmm. this or whatever? So th- it's always uh, it's always positive to show, hey, one of you. Here's what one of you have done. Here's an example. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. another sheriff 
is doing this. Another, right. So people, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't have the courage that these two men have. And they and don't, they don't have stand. the training. They don't even know right. that that's, that's actually yeah. within their authority to do. Not yeah. only their duty, they don't understand it's within their authority to do. Right. So this both informs them and encourages them, infuses them with the courage uh, to be able to do it. They know they're not standing alone. They're, right. no, they're not some renegade. Now, I don't know what the stance is on, on these two men on other constitutional issues, but the statements that they're making now sure sound like con- the statements of, of people who understand their oath to the Constitution and to the people's rights. Um, Chief Culp actually went one step for- further. He didn't just simply declare, and I love the initiative of Chief Culp. I would love to see this spread across America. He says, not only as long he says, as long as I am chief of police, no Republic police officer will infringe on a citizen's right to keep and bear arms, period. And then, JC, he went ahead and drafted an ordinance and submitted it to the city council. The ordinance says, an ordinance of the City of Republic which shall be known and may be cited as the, quote, Second Amendment Sanctuary City Ordinance. How awesome is that? Now, this is the proper uh, application of a sanctuary city, right? Because uh, sanctuary cities, as you think about them now, are not a constitutional action because they are a city or even a whole state, Uh, not following the contract and the agreement of the Constitution, actually denying authorized power of the federal government. But what we have here is a real sanctuary city ordinance that is in compliance with the Constitution because the government is violating. And I want to be very clear here. This, This initiative, 1639, not only violates the U.S. Constitution, but it clearly violates the Washington State Constitution. And what I I want us to be clear about as well, that this is not just about what the Constitution says. These men recognize that the right to keep and bear arms is not something that flows from government or documents. They recognize that this is an inherent right of the people, and the only thing that happens is that the, gov- the, the, the government, the people of these states and the United States said, this is so important, we're going to put it in writing as a reminder, as an assurance, right? And he says, an ordinance of the city of a of republic, which shall be known and may be cited as the Second Amendment Sanctuary City Ordinance, to prevent federal and state infringement on the right to keep and bear arms. Notice he didn't say uh, prevent the federal and state government from taking our Second Amendment right. See, that's why I know this is in line, right? He says nullifying. I'm like, huh? <laughs> nullifying all federal and state acts in violation of the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States and Article 1, Section 24 of the Washington State Constitution. And that's his proposed, that's a, a portion of his proposed ordinance. See, it's not just enough to be a keyboard warrior. You have to act. This requires action. And I can just, my, my brain is racing, JC, because there are so many things that cannot happen if people like this are in the service of government. Right. 
people like this, people uh, are always complaining about the, the people in government. But these two men, and I know they're not alone, JC. I know these are just two examples of many that are out there. And I believe that there are two examples of many more that will be that would be out there if this kind of education and knowledge was diffused, as, as Samuel Adams says. Yeah, and th- this kind of pushback you need, a collection of these law enforcement leaders that can't be dismissed as you know, lunatics. I'm a long, long way from my home, and I'm going to change all the things I find. The Chris Van Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our final segment of today's show, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to defend your life, your liberty, your property. As Samuel Adams says, stemming from the first law of nature, the right of the people to to survive. Your right to self-preservation is not something that comes from government. And I just want to say to people, I want to encourage, you know, JC, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it up on the website because here's what I want to do. I'm going to send it out with our daily email with the show. And this is what I want us to do because this is important. When we get in the habit of complaining, right, when we get in the habit of complaining, why is it then that we don't get into the habit of thanking people when they do the right thing? Right. Right? So here's what we need to be doing. We need to be contacting Sheriff Raymond all over the country. Yeah. Contact him because, look, his stand, you have no idea, his stand might help other people. This stand might help your sheriff. Well, it's quite possible. Might help your sheriff do the right thing. And it's quite possible that the state legislators and different officials may move against him. So Absolutely. He's he needs probably going to need right. support and encouragement. Yes. So here's here's the point I want to make. It doesn't matter if as you well are. As well as the chief of police. Right. Right. Well, w- right. So let me put him up there, too. So this is Police Chief Culp. In, in uh, the city Republic. of Republic, Washington, and we're going to be posting their contact information so that yeah. you can write them and tell them, thank you for being men of courage. Thank you for standing for what is right and encouraging others to do that as well. See, because that's, that's what we need to understand. This is about encouraging people. And um, everybody out there, raise your hand if you've had my course on the uh, disarming of America. <laughs> How many times, JC? Oh, I don't know. Tell people what you call that course. Well, that's the torch and pitchfork class. <laughs> torch and pitchfork class. Yeah. The most seditious class Chrisanne teaches. Republic. Not because I'm teaching sedition, but because I'm teaching about how the people stood up for their own rights. They didn't sit around and complain and whine and moan and wait for an election. They actually got up and put feet to their complaints. 
Yeah. You were about to say something. No, I was going to say Republic is in Republic, Washington is in Ferry County. It's way up north there, close to the Canadian. Oh yeah, it's really far up there. Canadian border. How far is it from Yakima? Oh, it's way far from because uh, yeah, Franklin County is down by Yakima. Yep. So um, yeah, I wonder. We should talk to Janet and see if we've taught there up there somewhere. I don't see in any of the cities on that map to know. I remember being that. We've been in Spokane uh-huh. area. So it's sort of north uh-huh. west of Spokane. I don't think that we've been north of that Colville reservation before, but Janet would know better so than So that's we do. where it's at. Yeah. That's where the chief's at in Republic. So the class the course that I teach called uh the Disarming of America is actually available on D V D if you don't have it. You can get it at chrisannhall.com. And this this is an amazing, amazing course where I show you what how the people of 1774, the mindset, the dedication to liberty in 1774, uh, how the people united together all throughout the 13 colonies to come against one governor disarming one town. See, the thing, I mentioned this yesterday, and I mentioned a lot last week when we were talking about New York, but the thing that I find so frustrating today is the, the, the disassociation that we have with each other. There is no fellowship in the term American anymore. Mm-hmm. There is no unity under, in America under the principles that make America who they are, the, the principles of liberty. And um, to, to sit back and, and say, woohoo, go Washington, you know, go, go uh, Raymond, go Sheriff Raymond, go, go Police Chief Culp, and then sit back and just say, you know, it's good for them, but what about me? Yeah, definitely encourage them. We need to encourage them because here's the thing. We're better together, what Hillary said. We're better, better together. together. Oh, my goodness. It, you know, just because <laughs> the liberals say it. And, I mean, Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals are true. true, you know. And here's the thing that I want to do. You're going to want someone to stand with you when your state does what Washington does has done because it's coming to you unless we stand together. God bless you guys. See you next time. <laughs>